hope you, uh, you enjoyed dinner, if you were able to partake of that tonight. Thank you to those who laboured for that, and thank you for joining us in that. Let's take our Bibles. We're going to turn to Matthew 26, and we're going to look there in just a minute uh, and uh, continue some thoughts here on praying for one hour on, on prayer. We're going to look at that again tonight. And I'm excited to share with you what I'm going to share with you this evening. Uh, an area of prayer that I, I think is probably the least taught area of prayer, I, I would say, in my my journey in church life over a lot of years, this would be the least taught area of prayer, but perhaps one of the most important areas. And sometimes it's that way, you know, we neglect the most important areas, sometimes because we're ignorant, sometimes because we don't understand and we don't know, but um, something that's uh, important for us. So I'm, I'm glad that I can share that with you tonight. And again, as always, don't claim to be a master when it comes to prayer, just want to share some things from the Word of God with you. Good to see you, bro. Glad that you're here this evening. Appreciate that. And uh, looking forward to studying here. Let's read in Matthew 26, the verses we've used as a text for this series here. Matthew 26 and verse 40. Uh, the Lord Jesus here, it's the night of his betrayal. Verse 40 says, And he cometh unto the disciples, and findeth them asleep, and saith unto Peter, What? Could ye not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. All right, let's pray and then we'll start tonight. Father, we, we just are glad that we can open your word tonight, that we can gather as a church family, uh, that we can read the scriptures. And most importantly, we're glad that the Holy Spirit of God is with us and that you can speak to us. Lord, we need open ears, not dull hearts. And we desire that you would speak to us and that we would hear what the Spirit would say to the church tonight. Uh, we consider those who can't be with us tonight who are unwell, uh, or perhaps for other reasons, we ask you to help them and bless them, and uh, we pray now for our gathering, and we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. All right, now we're talking here uh, about praying for one hour, and again, as I've said, I've said uh, this is the third message in the series, the goal here is not to say, hey, I ticked the box, I prayed for an hour, how about you? But the goal here has been to create an understanding and develop our understanding of prayer and how we can pray more effectually, pray more effectively. We started with some ideas in the first lesson on how to plan a, a prayer list and how to put things on a list. And we, I know numbers of you told me there's just really so much I can pray about when I approach it from that angle and that aspect. Last time I talked about beginning prayer and I, I, I talked firstly and I, I said, I'm going to give you some areas here that you can pray. If you pray five minutes in each of these areas, you'll get to an hour. And we talked about praising God and we went through a number of scriptures and, and ideas from scripture about putting God in his rightful place and revering him. And as we do that, something begins to take hold on us and in us and gets us just in that right frame to really approach God and to be in prayer. And then we talked about confession, the thought of if praising is putting God in his rightful place in my mind, confession is putting God in his rightful place in my heart and also putting me in my right place as well. We said that confession isn't just always about sin. Confession is about admitting something that is so. And so we admit what needs to be admitted. We might admit something about self. We might admit something about our behavior. We might admit something about God. And we just put things, we confess those things, and we put ourselves in the right place. And so as we journey on, tonight I want to come to what we would move into the next area of this prayer and I want you to I want you to consider this with me and maybe you've tried this already but I want you to consider now we're we're traveling together we've we've we've, we've got a, a decent list that we're always amending but we've got some things in our heart we want to pray about and I've come to my prayer time 
I've come to a time where I'm just getting alone with the Lord. I've got my own prayer closet, wherever that would be. And I've begun to praise God and I've enjoyed that. And we sung tonight, I'll enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. And we'll look, look a little at Psalm 100 in a minute. And we've praised him and we've confessed some things. And your heart is just being stilled a little bit. And you're being drawn away from the busyness of this life. And you're being drawn into communion with the Lord. And you're spending some time there. Where can we go from here? And as I say, I want to share with you some things that I think are wonderful. And I, I think they're, they're not taught a lot. Well, I, I don't hear them taught a lot. And so they're going to take some time to just, just really get through into our head and, and, and perhaps some time to understand. And here's what I want to say to you. When you start to do these things in prayer, don't give up if the first time you say, well, I, you know, I, I tried praising God and I lasted three minutes. Well, that's three minutes more than you did yesterday. So praise God for that. But don't give up. Again, the goal is not, hey, I prayed an hour, therefore I'm a good Christian. You can, you can talk for an hour and not be a good Christian. I talk for an hour every week. You, know? you don't like it. But, but we, we, we can just talk, talk, talk. That's not what we're talking about. We're wanting to commune and engage with the Lord, of course. These areas are going to take some discipline. And they're going to take some stillness. And uh, let's be honest, we don't live in a society that's prone to stillness. Even to discipline, really. We're in the go, 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 want it on my terms, want it now kind of society. So we're going to have to just slow down a little bit and think this through and add this into our, our prayer time. These next three, which I won't give you tonight, but these next three areas, so we're talking 15 minutes of prayer here in your hour. They're all about us listening to God. And this is what I mean when I say I don't think we, we hear as much preaching on this. Some are afraid of it. Some, some think, well, maybe you become a little charismatic if you start talking about listening to God. You're going to get up and say, thus saith the Lord. We're not, we're not saying that at all. Uh, we, don't, we don't get up in this place and say, thus saith the Lord, because we believe the Bible is finished and complete without error. Hallelujah. And so we don't add to Scripture. Uh, we are also very careful when we would say things like, I think God has told me, and hear me say that. I say, I think God is telling me. I think God is leading us. Because I'm, I am hesitant to get up and say, you know, absolutely God has told me because, you know, you get stoned for that in the Old Testament if you get it wrong. We want to be careful of that. But what I must say and what you must hear tonight is that God is still speaking to his people as much as he ever has. Perhaps we should understand that in this age where the Holy Spirit indwells us, maybe he's speaking more. Hebrews 3 talks of it in this way. It says, today, if you will hearken, you'll hear his voice. It's sort of saying, he's speaking every day. It's just we're not listening. Now, one question Christians ask me a lot is, how, how do I know I'm hearing from God? And there's, there are some things about that because very rarely will I, I think you hear an audible voice or anything like that. I'd be very careful about that. Uh, be very careful because Satan is an imitator. So, you know, we've got we to be careful. But God is speaking to us. Now, God will speak in a number of ways. He will speak confirming through his word. And, and, and just be honest, uh, give me an amen if you've had this. You, you, you're in the word of God and you're, you're a born-again Christian and something's being read or something's being said and the witness of the Spirit inside just witnesses to you. And it might not be an audible, did you get that? <laughs> But something will just jump out. Sometimes it'll happen in a Bible reading. Sometimes it'll happen as, as someone is preaching the Word of God. But the witness of God will come through Scripture. Because, again, he's never going... And one thing I always say to people, 
Understand, if you think God spoke to you, if that's in any way contradictory to Scripture, it absolutely wasn't God. Because God will never contradict his word. That would make him a liar, either in the printed page or what he just said. God does not lie. So he will speak through Scripture a lot. And he may minister through the understanding of, a, of a, what is happening in a circumstance by the lens of the word of God. That may happen as well. Speak directly through his spirit. He might use others in our midst to be that voice to us and as they apply the word of God. So we want to be sensitive and careful to that. But as I think here on the matter of prayer, I want you to build into your prayer time, if you don't already, some time here where you are specifically trying to listen to God. Now again, you've heard me say this a hundred times. When you, when you approach Eastern mystical cultish practices, things like yoga, what they will do is say, sit down, empty your mind of everything and just see what comes. And that is a surefire way to end up with a demon in your life. That's how that works. We don't do that. The Bible tells us to meditate on the law day and night. Meditate on the Word of God. Actively and proactively think on the Word of God. So here we need to balance some stillness with what God may say to us and how it is that God's going to speak to us. And use your head. God gave you a brain. God gave you an intellect and he's given you the Holy Spirit. And, and one doesn't have to be disengaged for the other to work. What foolishness that would be. As you ponder things and you question things and you're sitting and saying, Lord, am I seeing this right? All of that will be part of the process because how, do you, how many of you understand God is well able to speak and he's well able to get through to us. The issue is not... Can God somehow get a message to me from heaven? The issue is more so, are we willing to listen? It's never a fault on God's part. Listen, if God can create the very voice in us, and God can say, let there be light, and there was light, and God can, can, can give us that understanding and all those things, it's, it's, not a, it's not a lacking on God's part ever. It's often a lacking on it. Now, again, there might be times when God is not immediately giving you that, and we've studied that in the book of Daniel. There can be other factors but it's not a lack on God's side. So we need to approach this humbly and carefully. So here's the thought. We've talked about praising and we've talked about confession. I want to talk to you firstly tonight about the thought of waiting. The act of surrendering our soul and a hearing from God. Much of our life, we're a tripart being. Much of our life, there are things that engage spirit, soul, body all the time, but much of our life is lived in the physical realm. Our soul is part of it through our emotions. But we're journeying here into this act of prayer and we're wanting to really come to God in the spirit, aren't we? So this is a spiritual engaging. Now, I'll just remind you, Psalm 46.10, a verse we often like to quote, Be still and know that I am God. Now, in context, that's speaking about what God is going to do. It's not speaking about listening to God, it's speaking about watching what God is about to do. But the aspect of that, that thought, be still and know that I am God, is there is a truth here that as we are still, we can observe what God is doing because it's not polluted with what I am doing. And how many of you would understand this? That there have been times in the Christian life where God has brought you to a place of stillness so you can just observe what God is doing and stop trying to do it yourself. You had that? And so in prayer, this would be one of the things we need is a stillness so that we may get a hold of what it is that God is wanting to bring to pass. Rather than just throwing a list, because we haven't gotten our prayer yet to intercession or to petition or any of that, rather than just throwing things at God and saying, answer me this, answer me this, 
This is about us. As we've gone through praising God, putting him in his right place, confession, Lord, I, I, I need to admit those things. And now, it's, now I'm really bringing my attention to, Lord, what would you like me to pray about today? Lord, what would you like to do in my heart? What is it that you want me to be dwelling on and thinking on? So someone said this, waiting on the Lord is the silent surrendering of the soul to the Lord. I would say waiting is about getting God's leading and seeking that. It's putting our soul in tune to God. Now, we don't naturally like to wait. It's not in our, in our psyche these days. We're, we're busy all the time. We're the 24-7 generation. Waiting. Waiting to get direction. Uh, you ever come to a fork in the road and you're not sure which way to go and you might be pull off the side of the road and look it up these days on your phone or what? Uh, I, I ask, you know, I ask Cassie, say, which way to go? And she says, left. So I turn left. She said, I said, left. I said, that was left. She goes, the other left. I go, okay, this left. So we do a U-turn and back where we go. But waiting. We're in a hurry. God never is. Do you know God's never been late for anything? And yet he's never been in a hurry. He's never been flustered. Now, I'm not advocating that in this life there are some things we need to hurry and, and all that at, at times. Urgency. Uh, but what I'm saying is this. God is speaking. God wants us to listen. And God will speak when he wants the things that he wants to say. And we need to wait on him to get a hold of this. I think here of a... Of a perhaps it's a little old-fashioned, but I think of a child sitting perhaps at the feet of his father's desk as his dad is doing something and the child is waiting for maybe the dad's promise to do something or, or something's happening and, and they're waiting there and there's sort of a, an anticipation in the child, dad's, you know, dad's going to kick the footy with me or something or dad's going to do something and dad might be on that last phone call and they're sitting and they're waiting and they're, they're almost a bit antsy, they're, urgency, they're, they're urgent but they also understand that they can't, to get up and go and leave, it doesn't move dad any quicker, they have to wait on dad's timing. And there is an aspect of this with us, with God. We need to get a hold of this from the Lord. And I know I'm talking here about praying for an hour. And you say, well, what if God's not fitting in that hour? Trust me, this will work out. We're going to get there. Let God direct you on how he wants you to pray. And so if we're going to hear from God, there's a thought, there's a question that comes to my mind here. How do I enter the presence of the Lord? Because perhaps that is the key to this matter of waiting in prayer. How do I enter the presence of the Lord? Now, in some ways, now let's, look, let's talk physically. Look up here for a second. Remember I said we, we've got to do this spiritually? In, in our physical, when we walk by sight, this is where we might think the Old Testament was easy. You know why? Because I know to get the presence of the Lord, I've got to go down to the temple. I've actually got to walk down to the tabernacle. And the closer I get there, the closer I am to the presence of the Lord. You understand that? And they would walk through the gates and they'd look and there's the brazen altar and the looking glass and they'd wash and so on and so forth. And they're, now they're a little bit closer. And of course, we know the priests then could come in the inner court and they could, you know, put the bread and, and so on and so forth and they're a little closer. And so while we look at it physically, we say, well, that would have been good because at least then I could know where the, the presence was and maybe I could pray close to that and I could be close to the presence of God. That might, that might satisfy you physically, but the other side of that, remember, only one person actually ever got to go into the presence of the Lord. But now in the New Testament, what do we have? We get to come boldly to the throne of grace because we have a high priest. And so we get to actually enter into the holiest. We get to enter. Hebrews talks about this chapter after chapter. We get to enter into the presence of God every single day. 
Now, can I just remind you afresh, and some of you don't get excited about that, there are Old Testament believers who would kill you for that very presence. They would look at you and say, you buffoon. You can do this every day and you don't even do it? You mean you could come into God's presence and not be killed? You could come to God and ask him direct? You didn't have to go to a priest? You mean you could just, you can just wait, you could stop where you are and pray to him? You didn't have to travel hundreds of kilometers down from Galilee to bring a, bring a lamb with you and that's, that's as close as you got because you weren't even a priest? You mean you could do it every day? You mean you could do it more than once a day? You can actually go to him and you can actually sit with God, the one who made you, the one who actually loved you so much that he saved you. You can sit with God. And we go, when's the sermon going to be over? Shame on us. We have become too familiar. Do you know there are people around this world right now, if someone told them the gospel and they get saved, that first day and you say, you can talk to God directly, they would jump up and down. It would be so exciting to them. They've been praying to a statue. And you say, yeah, and and the real God, who's real and alive, he'll talk to you. He'll talk to me? The statue never talked to me. That's right, the statue can't talk to you. But hallelujah, God can and God does. And this is what we're saying. And so in that physical realm, you might think, well, that was good, at least I know. But here's where we must walk by faith. Because we have something better. By faith, we have something better. And Hebrews talks about it more perfect. The Lord is more perfect and, and, and better sacrifice. And one of the things that through the sacrifice of Christ we've been given is the entrance into the Holy of Holies. By the Holy Spirit of God, we can enter his presence. So how do we enter into his presence? What must we do? Let's look at a couple of scriptures here because this is important. Go to Psalm 100. And let's, let's just, you can come up with some others. I don't have time to go through a bunch of them tonight. Let's look at a couple. Psalm 100. <coughs> and let, let's just be, be still with this and, and, and understand the importance of what I'm about to say to God. Because you might minimise the importance of this. Psalm 100, let's look at verse 2. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with what? So if we sung these hymns tonight and you didn't sing, you've missed step one of coming into his presence. Shame on you. You just minimised the value of being able to come into the very presence of God in this age. And as I said, if Old Testament saints could rise up, they'd jump up, and I mean, they're in heaven, but if their body could jump up out of the ground, they'd slap you three times before they went back down. And they say, what kind of a goose are you? We would spend days journeying down from Galilee, singing as those psalms of ascent and singing them as we would come up to the presence of God and being so, close, so, so pleased we could be there. Now, I get it. Wednesday night, sometimes we're tired and all the rest. But you ever wondered why that generally, I mean, I don't know anywhere around the world, I've never been to a church service around the world where they didn't incorporate singing. Singing is, is and you know, how many songs? Well, that's up to the local church and the time and the need and all that. But come before his presence with singing. And can I say to you that this is a corporate thing here, but in your individual prayer time, there's, it's a good thing to sing. And I'm going to teach on that in a few weeks. It's a good thing to sing to the Lord. You know, hey, you might think your best singing's in the shower. I might agree with you. But God is saying, as it says there in verse 1, make a joyful noise. God is, why? Because singing is a, 
is a matter of joy. It's a matter of praise. And, and we can enter into worship that way. It's not automatically a matter of worship at all. But it is a form of praise, acknowledgement. And we sing unto the Lord and we sing about the Lord. And we sing these things to him. And that's why those psalms were there. And, and again, they were written in Hebrew and what and put to music. And we see a number of them. David wrote them for certain instruments and so on because he wrote them to portray a certain thing to God. And we must come into his presence with singing. It just says that. Come into his presence with singing. So one of the things that I, I love myself, I, you know, I, I tell the staff this at times, I love singing in church. And by the way, I love sitting down the front to sing because you're closer to the orchestra. It drowns me out more. People sing louder down the front than they ever do at the back. So you look at a service tonight where you've all got, you know, pastophobia and you're sitting five or six rows back. People don't sing as well at the back. It's just a truth because you're more afraid of hearing each other's voice. So I set a challenge to every one of you. You sit down the front, steal my seat on Sunday and, and see if you find it better. But one of the things I do, I tell the staff this all the time, do you realise I'm getting up to preach? I'm not about to be ministered to by the word in the same way you are. I've been ministered to it in my study, and, and it will be it. But I, you, know, you know that part of the service I must cling on to so much is, is the singing time. Because most services I'm not going to be able to sit back and, and, and enjoy that washing over me. So the singing time is super important for me. I, I don't want to be distracted. I don't, I don't treat it as, well, this is just the you know, part A before we get to part B. It's nothing like that. This is about coming into his presence. And, and if you sit near me, you'll see I enjoy that. I love to sing along. Some of the people singing the specials hate it because I like singing along with them. I'm like, would the guy who's out of tune just shut up, please? But it's too late for that. Why? Because I'm wanting to come into God's presence. I'm wanting that, that singing to draw me into that because singing and, 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 and the right kind of music is meant to move you. You're not meant to sit there like the frozen chosen. Just try and bless me. And again, the Old Testament saint would rise up again and slap you with the other hand and say, you buffoon. You can enter the very presence of God and you're choosing not to? What's wrong with you? So I'm not asking you this week to, you know, suddenly get a, a burst of extrovert and get excited. But I, uh, you know, but I am saying you ought to get excited in your spirit. Because if the Holy Spirit lives inside you, may I say, and I don't want to say thus saith the Lord, but may I say that God would not be too pleased when he is wanting to burst out in joy and you're stopping it. Shame on you. That you would have the Holy Spirit of God given to you and then deny him of that. Hmm. So we must come with praise. And it goes on in verse 4 there to speak about I'll enter his gates with thanksgiving. We must come with singing. And we're going to enter into his praise. That's why, uh, into, his, into his presence, sorry. We must come with praise. We talked about that in prayer. Now as we come to this waiting part, I'm wanting to draw into his presence. You know, singing can be an aspect of this. Singing can be a part of our prayer time. But may I say secondly, according to Romans 12, I, I will apply Romans 12 here, we must present ourselves. You know, the whole thing of the Old Testament was you must come in, you must wash your hands, you must look in the glass. This, this could be likened to confession. Acknowledge where I'm at before God and my need. And now you bring along that little lamb, or whatever it is that you were bringing that day. And you're bringing some form of sacrifice to God. Now, it pictures a few things. One, the sacrifice of Christ. But it also pictures you coming before God, not empty. And how dare it that we come again into a service and say, I'm not going to sing and I'm going to just see if God can bless me. Well, God has already told you, don't come empty. It's an offense to God to come empty. 
I have a personal view. I think of that with giving. Uh, here, you'll see it some Sundays. You don't, you don't see me put much in. We, we give electronically here a lot, and we give at other times with other things. But when I'm in, a, in churches elsewhere, it is a policy of mine always to give. If I'm there for a four-day conference, I don't think I necessarily give in every offering. But I always make sure when I'm in another church, we give something. Why? Because I'm not coming before God empty. I'm not coming before God empty with, with, with my wallet. I'm not coming before God empty with my voice. I'm come, I want to enter into his presence. I'm going to come and sing. And, you know, and I'm, I'm, I know I'm making a joke. Some might say, I wish you'd sing less. Well, too bad. God said sing. Sing. And, and what he's saying too is, actually what I want is you. So would you present yourself? Now, Romans 12, present your body as a living sacrifice. The only way you can, you can prove the will of God is first if you've put yourself there and then been renewed in the mind. We get all that. So here we present ourselves. If you're wanting to draw into God's presence, enter with singing and then say, Lord, here am I. Here am I. Because isn't this a different way to approach prayer? We normally go, now God, where are you? Here's what I want. But actually we're coming to God waiting, being still and saying, Lord, I'm just here. I'll sing unto you. And as I sing, Lord, what will you say to me? As I present myself to you, what will you share with me? And I think we must come in that sincerity. Would you go to Hebrews 10? And uh, let's, let's look at this very quickly here and some of the verses I've, I've alluded to already. He, Hebrews 10. And consider this as we wait in prayer. And I'm going to start the next point, but then stop it in just a minute, just so you get an overview or we'll come back to it. We've got to come with singing. We must present ourselves. But can I say we must present ourselves in sincerity? This is another exciting thing. You know what you don't need to do is present yourself perfect. But you shouldn't present yourself hypocritical. You must come sincerely. Because you do come to confess. It's okay. That's better. You know, I've always found it puzzling with Christians why they would beat up the one who's already confessing. There's plenty of people out there who aren't even acknowledging what they've done wrong. The person who's confessing, it's not your job to beat them up. The Holy Spirit has convicted them. Let God and them deal with it. And you say, hallelujah. I've always told you this. I'm much easier on our children when I see a sincere confession when it comes to discipline, than you ever are if they haven't. Because if they've got the brokenness and they recognise it between God, you say, well, praise God. They discipline our own heart. That would be a good start. Hebrews 10, 19, everything we've been saying. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. That's what we've been saying. Because Jesus died for us, we can now walk right into the presence of God as a son. You see, this is an interesting thing. Sometimes it will happen and... I don't mean any rudeness by it, but sometimes I might be in an appointment with someone. Maybe someone's come from outside and they might call me pastor and we'll sit down and have a formal meeting. And maybe if my, my children are there, uh, one of them might burst in the office and walk straight in and tap me on the leg. And you wouldn't think that's appropriate, but you know what? They're a child. They see me as dad. You know, this, this is what this is. You imagine the angels looking on. You mean you just walk straight up to God? Not irreverently, but you walk straight up to God. The angel's like... We get to come before him once a year. That's what Job said. Now they come more than that. But there was a time when the sons of God present themselves before God. There was an appointed time. But in the Old Testament, the high priest, once a year. And yet God would say to you as his son or daughter, as much as you want whenever you like. And yet some of us come once a year. What sadness. So here, having therefore, brethren, boldness, confidence. Woohoo! I can just go there. Verse 20. By a new and living way, that's Christ, which he hath consecrated for us through the veil that is to say his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, look at verse 22. Let us draw near with a what? 
true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. There is an invitation boldly to draw near to God. And James says, draw near to him and he will what? Draw near to you. So we're talking about drawing in the presence of God. Come with singing. I come present myself. But he says, let me just add one thing. You need to draw near with a true heart. Draw near with a true heart. Let's just throw a theory out there. I wonder how many times in my life prayers weren't answered, not even because I was praying the wrong thing, but just because I didn't come with a true heart. I came selfishly. It wasn't some massive sin. It was just I came wanting God just to do what I wanted God to do, rather than saying, Lord, I'm here. Let me approach with a true heart. Because all of our hearts are deceitful. We, we, we know that. So God says, come with a true heart. Another place that says a pure heart. Sprinkled, meaning, you know, washed, all, all those, that imagery, another message. But just come near to him and, Lord, I'm here. We've already been through confession. Lord, I just confess to you, I, I, I got that wrong. and I'll just call it what it is, Lord, I'm sorry about that. Lord, I just want to say to you today, thank you, I, I do love you. I know sometimes I don't show that the way I should. Would you help me with that? But Lord, I need you to speak to me today. I need you to show me what I need to see, what I'm missing. Lord, I need to remind myself too that I serve you. And in prayer, it's not about you serving me. It's about me serving you. Lord, I want to thank you again for the boldness that you've given me, that you've allowed me. You know, when Pastor spoke tonight, that was a bit of a slap to me. Really, I've, I've taken for granted how much I can come into your presence. But I'm sorry I haven't come with a pure heart. I, I want to thank you that I can, I can be in your presence tonight. You're a wonderful God. You know, when Zion says, they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. I think you can probably engage mentally even now, just as I go through this, that there's a, there's a renewing of strength in this. I come in boldly with a true heart. And again, I haven't even asked anything yet. I haven't even prayed for Joe Blogs yet. But I'm trying to draw into this presence, Lord, because I want you to speak to me. So I'm seeing through some of those truths and I'm wanting to hear from you. And there are some, some things here about this. Now, I wish I had the time, but remember I said earlier, this is about getting away from the distractions. So in this aspect here, I'm not praying through my prayer list because I'm not at that point yet. I'm, I'm waiting on God for some direction. But this is really about coming into his presence and being drawn totally away from the noises, uh, the upcoming things, the cares, the whatever else, and, and just being there in his presence. And there are several scriptural examples of this. You know when, uh, when Saul, who became Paul, was on the Damascus Road? That was clearly a, a salvation conversion experience. But isn't that what God did with him? Remember the others, they didn't understand all that was going on? Only, only Paul heard, and only, only Paul saw everything that Paul saw. And remember the conversation that took place? Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Who art thou? And then when the Lord answers that, he says, what will thou have me to do? That sounds like waiting on the Lord. And, and who was this Saul, Saul? This was the guy who didn't wait on anyone. This is the guy who breathed out thunders and said, we're, we're off, off we go. And, and the presence of God just is stilled. Lord, what would you, what would you have me to do? 
That's a here in my moment. It's Moses when he's there and the presence of God comes in Exodus 33 and he and Joshua are there and God comes down. And, it's, and the Bible says, what a wonderful phrase. And God spoke with Moses face to face as friend with friend. Oh, that was special. It's Joshua there, and, and this was in a, in a bad situation. Remember when the sin of Achan and, and all that, and, and people died, and Joshua goes on his knees. He's like, Lord, what's going on? And he's crying out to God, and, and he's, he's apart from all of that distraction. And you know what God said to him? He says, get up off your face. Stop praying. Go and do what you need to do. And you say, how are you applying that? Well, he was asking God, and actually what God confirmed to him there in prayer was something he already knew he had to do. He just needed the strength to go on and do it. And waiting on the Lord renews what? So sometimes it's not, it, you know, don't, don't bludgeon your brother, brother who knew he should have done it, but he's feeling a bit weak and goes back to God and waits on God and God just confirms it. Well, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And God strengthens through that prayer. And so there's a singing aspect. There's a presenting aspect. Let me just give you, I'm going to stop, but I want to give you the second one. I talk about waiting the next one I have on my list here is scripture praying. And I want to talk to you here about reading. So I'm just going to give you one thought and then I'll come back to it next week. Remember that faith cometh by what? And hearing by what? The word of God. So as we enter his presence with singing, can I ask you to incorporate here that Bible reading can be a really important part of your waiting and seeking God's leading in your prayer time. So you've got to grow beyond prayer as just me talking at God. No, no, prayer is me communing with God. And the scripture reading, see, sometimes you might be coming with that question in your mind, you're saying, Lord, am I even asking the right question? And as God will lead it, and it can happen through preaching, it does happen through preaching and, and, and corporate Bible reading, but God might lead you to a passage. Now, now, here's a thought, side point, but this is why getting familiar with the Bible is also helpful. Because then in your prayer time, you will know at least some references perhaps to go to. And maybe if you've got a concordance or something in your Bible, it'll help point you to some other ones. No one here knows it all, but, but some, some things. So there are certain, certain chapters. Everyone here has probably got a favourite psalm. But there are certain psalms that deal specifically with certain things. Psalm 119 really deals with the Word of God. Hebrews 11 deals with faith. 1 Corinthians 13, we say, deals with charity. We can go through certain chapters of the Bible. And so as we think on those things, perhaps that would be something that can, that can activate here. But I'm simply saying that there are aspects of this that singing is one, a reading the Bible, having your Bible there with you in your prayer time is important because God might direct you to read something and as you're reading that, God is speaking to you and directing you to pray that way. So sometimes I will get up here on a Wednesday and say, folks, tonight can we pray about this? And the Holy Spirit didn't say that, I said that. But I guess corporately together we have a bit of trust that God's led to say that or we see the urgency of it together. So we accept that though what a human person spoke it, God was giving us that thought, right? That's what we do with preaching. Well, this can happen a little bit in a number of ways too, can't it? We're praying together with someone else. They might say something and the Holy Spirit witnesses to you and you think, well, I need to pray a little more about that. It's okay to stop right there and look at a passage and say, hmm, maybe even then it's something God's telling you to pray for that brother who's having a hard day and you then get to read that scripture that's a comforting scripture. In Psalm 23, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Something can come out of that. And so scripture reading, now, I'm going to stop, it's an awkward stop, but if, if I don't stop there, I'm going to go on, you know, we'll be praying for five hours, okay, but we'll be preaching for five hours. But there is so much to think about here as we add the thought of reading. 
<clears throat> as we're praying. Because as we read, God can change our heart. As we read, you know what we need to do when we read? When I read, it's often my voice I'm hearing reading that, and sometimes we read it out loud. But you know what we need? And, and you say, what does God's voice sound like? Well, not quite that simple. But when you read the Bible, one of the things you need to do is remember, God wrote this. And so I'm not asking you to picture in some, you know, superstitious way, but I want you to imagine God reading this to you. So you're still in Hebrews 10? Just go to verse 19. Now, I'm reading it, and my voice doesn't sound anything like God, okay? I'm not God. We're we all okay with this? But I just want you to enter into this with me for just a moment. I want you to imagine your prayer time. You're saying, Lord, I'm struggling a little bit with, with you know, closeness to you. And, and, and you're directed, and you read this, and you can imagine Jesus saying to you, having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Oh, he spoke that to me. Yes, because every page here is for you. It's for all of us, but it's for you. And God's speaking to you. And then verse 22, and let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. And almost like the Lord's saying, just, it's okay. Just draw near to me with a sincere heart. And I've promised you over there in James that I'll draw near to you. But you've got to start. Come and draw near to me. I'm here. I want to hear from you. And as we read scripture, this can... Boy, so much we can go on here. So I'm going to stop here. We'll, we'll come back to that next week. Perhaps tonight as we pray, uh, whether you're praying on your own or in a group, we take some moment to ask. And, and, and don't embarrass anyone. We're not trying to put anyone on the spot. But well, I, there's nothing wrong with saying this. We're going to give you our prayer list. Hopefully you've got your own prayer list. Saying, um, is God leading you to pray for anything specifically right now? Sometimes some of you, when you pray with me, and again, this is not, you know, someone's, when I pray with you, you say, Lord, I think while we're praying here, we're being directed to pray a little more for that, or for that person, or whatever. And that's fine. I didn't say, thus, sir, the Lord. <laughs> Just as you're sensitive to do that, that's okay. And uh, sometimes when we're praying together, I like to, when we're praying with someone, someone's, mm, or amen that as they're praying. Why? Because when, when a brother says, Lord, I feel directed to pray that, if the witness of the Spirit is that for me too, just a little, mm, can even bring us in as we're praying together. Yeah, I think we're on the same page with that. And that's fine. You don't have to, mm, just, mm, it's not a show. But that can help someone else as they're praying. Oh, Lord, we're praying for this, mm, amen. That's, that's, that's say, that, amen just means let it be true. So we're saying that together. And we enter into that. We can incorporate some waiting. Um, it would be of no bother to me if while we're praying in our groups, some people are singing. There's nothing wrong with that. Now, if, if, if you wanted to get access to a room to do that privately, you would have access to that. That bothers me far less than a loud conversation at the back while someone's praying at a time the church is given to a prayer meeting. There is acres on this property you can go and talk and scream and shout and yell as much as you want. But while we're in prayer, we want to give people the opportunity to do that. And we should do that. And so it would be of no bother to me if, if someone was, was doing that. Um, again, you know, we all, I think, can tell the difference between someone putting on a show and someone who's sincerely reaching out to the Lord. You might, again, well, I'm preaching, this teaching is much more about our private prayer time, but there'd be nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with taking a moment while we pray and, Lord, as I pray, I just want to be still for a moment. 
considering a scripture or two or even the words of that song as we sing as we enter your presence and just asking you to guide us and uh, seeing where the Lord leads you. Nothing wrong with that. Much for us to think on. All right, let's, let's pray briefly. We'll hand out these prayer sheets tonight. Father, again, we thank you and ask you to help us and grow us, mature us as a people, as individuals in this area of prayer. I pray specifically, Lord, would you allow us to draw into your presence tonight, perhaps in a fresh way, maybe in a renewed way. And as we go into our prayer times together, uh, Lord, may we, may we grab hold of you. May we draw near with a pure heart, a true heart, with boldness, uh, knowing that as we draw into your presence, you hear us and you draw nigh to us. Thank you for prayer. Thank you, as we've said tonight, that we in this New Testament time get to come boldly straight to you. What a great privilege and blessing. Lord, may we never, never grow too familiar with that truth. Now help us. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen.